as God intended. Let's go. Welcome, healers, to Looking for Healing Radio, where pharmaceuticals are never medicine, but love always is. Thank you so much for listening in today. As always, we are so, so grateful for you. As you know by now, I'm Dr. H, and I want to make sure that you do yourself a favor and listen in with me and all of my healing homies, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Jenna Schmidt, and Dr. Brian Artis, every Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, where you get to hear things that you will not hear anywhere else. People who will bring you information and go, look, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. It's real simple. We're, we're open. I'm a, we're open for a debate, and you're going to have a debate here today. Um, we're open. Now prove us wrong. And if you can't do it, then do us all a favor and go and check and read all of our research. Check and read what we're doing, right? Attack the theory, not the person. Just leave that right there. Make sure you go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora Networks as well to listen in and just download the America Out Loud phone app for Apple, Android, or Alexa and listen in wherever you would like. Looking for Healing Radio is sponsored by GlobalHealing.com. As you know, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference, integrity, and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and enter promo code OUTLOUD, O-U-T-L-O-U-D, to discover the medicine God intended for us all. Get incredible deals and find Global Healing and all of the wonderful America Out Loud sponsors at AmericaOutloud.shop. All right, folks. This is our Friday where we do audience Q&A, and I think we'll save a segment. We'll get a few questions in, but we have some questions today, and we want to share with you some of our questions and some of the answers that we've found, some of the latest research about bioweapons. I'm not backing down. We're not backing down. We're going to be using that word unapologetically and unafraid all the time because we have to start having this adult conversation, folks. All right. We have to start having this conversation. So we're actually going to talk a little bit today, I think, about the tyranny of the banking system. (laughs) We're going to have a little fun with that and how they're making a push and what we can do about it. We're going to talk a little bit about recombinant plasmids, something Dr. Artis has found that will drop your jaw. We're going to be talking about just a whole lot of things. I might even get coerced to having a conversation with Dr. J about the 13th zodiac sign and what happened with that i'll maybe i'm gonna i want to save that for a whole show but we'll give you a little teaser on that okay yes there's actually 13 zodiac signs and it's that 13th zodiac sign that's actually quite quite interesting so folks today um i'd say just hang on we'll get some of your questions answered because this is a show always about you but we want to get some of our thoughts out today and we appreciate you listening i think it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion We're going to kick this off with the man, the myth, the legend that came from the Red Pill uh, Expo uh, and where he was talking about some stuff that dropped MD's jaws, who've been jawing about him for quite some time to the point where they finally had to go, you know what? Maybe that Dr. Artis is right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dr. Artis, can you break down for us? what you have learned recently now that we are hot on the trail with these plasmids? 
Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, introducing me that way. I thought you were talking about somebody else, Dr. Ely, but yes, it was me at the Red Pill Expo. And I did, uh, it was really an honor to be there with G. Edward Griffin. For those of you who may not know who he is, he is literally a living legend. He's at 92 years old. His mind is incredible. Uh, incredible. It blows everybody's minds to listen to him talk, quote stuff for the last 50 years he's been studying. He's just a remarkable human being. He asked me to come to the Red Pill Expo, which happened this last weekend in Des Moines, Iowa. I would recommend everybody go back and to the redpillexpo.org uh, and uh, either download or watch in the archives or library the presentation I did and the presentation that Dr. Lee Merritt did, uh, which was the second day of the conference. I was asked by G. Edward Griffin to come in and actually talk about originally, like two months ago, he asked me to come and tell the world about how venoms are being used and in which industries that affecting people worldwide. I said, okay. When I showed up though, I can't get off of this guys on this radio show with me. I can't get off of the fact that so many people still dismiss or don't acknowledge that venom is the technology they're using in the COVID-19 vaccines to do their bidding. And I made sure everybody there knew you keep hearing this term called biological weapons or bioweapon for short. And then I reminded the audiences, what does bio or biology weapon mean? Bio means from nature. Weapon. Well, venoms are from nature. They come out of creatures that Mother Nature brought us or God brought us. So the term bio biological weapon is really from nature. But then I said, I'm about to show you guys that they have actually weaponized biology against us with the COVID-19 vaccines. I only talked about this by the time I got there, guys, I couldn't believe it. I get there and I'm looking at the, the, the calendar when my hourly speaking assignment is, and it moved from 3 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday. And then the title was changed by G. Edward Griffin in the last minute. And, it, and this is what it said, uh, more proof COVID-19 has venom in it. And I was like, wow, I didn't even tell him I was going to present this. So it must've been a God thing. We were in tune, which is great. I cannot believe this, everybody. Dr. Henry Ely has done a great job of introducing me along with Kevin McKernan's work a few months ago to a concept I had never heard of ever called plasmids. I came out of watch the water documentary about a year and a half ago saying, look, there's venom in the shots. And the reason why I knew there was COVID-19 shots had venom in it, particularly the mRNA shots is these words were in every single research paper of the people who created the shots since 2019 in manufacturing mRNA gene therapy shots. The words snake venom phosphodiesterase we use to cleave RNA and DNA. Now, for anybody out there, it was really shocking to watch MDs go, there's no venom in there. And I was like, they actually say there's venom in there. <laughs> it's in the damn document in English. Can you not read? The truth is, they didn't want to go look, and that's okay. This is worse. I've learned in the last week. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I just shared a document before we started recording this with a group of hosts on this radio show. I found a document from 2003 where they took, now to set the stage, I had to remind all the audiences at the Red Pill Expo that the spike proteins of COVID were actually identified by geneticists, not a chiropractor, a geneticist in France. In April of 2020, they said the spike proteins of COVID, the virus SARS-CoV-2, are identical to two snakes' venoms, cobra toxin from the king cobra and bungarotoxin, which is crate snake venom proteins. And Dr. Ely has it on the screen right now. I put it in a chat for us all to look at. 
There's a paper from 2003 titled In Vivo, Dr. Ely, Nicola Burnett, and Jenna Schmidt. What does In Vivo mean? Um, in Vivo means in the human body. As in like the in human, human body. Cell. That's right. So instead of in a lab, which is called in vitro, this study in 2003 is in the human body or inside a mammal's body, which humans are. And they call it in vivo, the name of the title article in vivo trans splicing. What does it mean to splice? It means to reconnect. You have a cut wire, you splice them together and you put them back together. So trans splicing of two segments of pre-mRNA, of genetic material of pre-mRNA directed by corresponding DNA sequences delivered by gene transfer. Okay, in the paper, everyone listening at home, please don't get lost in the title. I found this the night before flying to the Red Pill Expo and tell me that ain't a God thing. In this paper, they took two plasmids, these two circular DNA genetic material, and in them, they put two pieces of cobra toxin venom in the two different circular DNA pieces called plasmids. They took those two different pieces of venom, and they actually injected each one plasmid into an animal. And then they took the other plasmid, injected it into a different animal, and there was no reaction or damage or death that occurred to the animals, injecting them with the individual half pieces of king cobra venom called cobra toxin. They physically, in this paper, were only looking to see, can we trans-splice with plasmids cobra toxin mRNA to be made in the body of the mammal? In this paper, they discuss over and over and over, that when we take the two different plasmids with the two different pieces of genetic material from the venom of the king cobra, and we inject those two into the animal, inside the cells of the animals, there was trans-splicing of the two different gene pieces of venom in the two different plasmids. They reconnected in the cell and then spit out of the cell the entire, what they call, mature alpha cobra toxin mRNA. And when the cobra toxin venom got released, which is the spike protein of COVID, people, it's the spike protein of COVID. They determined this. Geneticists did. April of 2020. When the cells of the mammals in the body spit out after splicing together the two plasmids, they spit out mature alpha cobra toxin mRNA Within six hours, every one of those animals died from the neurotoxicity that causes death in an animal when a king cobra bites you. And I was like, oh, my God, they call these things mRNA vaccines, but they don't they, they don't even have to inject you with mRNA, guys. They can inject you with two plasmids and then the body will make it inside we'll of you. It. So what, what folks, let me, let me, let me, let me just conceptualize for you the simplicity of what Dr. Artis has found here. They have taught the cell how to produce venom. They have taught the cell how to produce venom in a plausibly deniable way. They can introduce one plasma that has a part of the sequence and it won't do anything. You get like a ticking time bomb. And Dr. Artis, remember that article you showed me from Dartmouth? Yes, I do. Where they, yeah, where I remember they said, that? Yeah, where they said openly, 
with this kind of technology, you could have a ticking time bomb in someone and hold them under threat that if they don't do what you want them to do, they'll introduce the other plasmid. And then you get the recombination, what they're calling segmental transplicing of the genetic genetic code to produce the poison, in this case, the cobra toxin. And so what, what I'm saying to you folks is any notion that they don't know how to do this is preposterous because this article that Dr. Artis found is from 2003, August 22nd, 2003, which supposedly, if you still believe this, predates CRISPR. I am saying to you, knowing what we are learning about CRISPR tech and its specificity for genetic editing, that if they weren't using it here, I'm very curious to read this paper and find out what they were actually using, because the only way you could do something like that with this level of precision would be to use CRISPR. Now, supposedly CRISPR is something that's invented. Now, to be fair, CRISPR, now that I'm thinking about the history, it was first identified in 1995. All right, just to be fair. But in terms of scalability, it didn't become scalable until Zhang, Feng Zhang, and, and Dudna apparently figure out some process. But isn't it interesting that two people figured out the same process at roughly the same time? Like, that's eh, a little curious to me, right? So put on your tinfoil hats. Now, nah, don't. This isn't tinfoil stuff anymore. This is fact. It's in the published peer-reviewed literature. I'm going to read a sentence. And then before we go to break, I want to get Nicola's reaction and I want to get Dr. J's reaction on this. Okay. But let me just read something from the abstract on this. We have developed a new paradigm of in vivo gene transfer termed segmental transplicing, otherwise known as STS. Read that sentence. It says a new paradigm, meaning they already had an existing paradigm of how to do this in 2003. How do we know this? Think of GMO foods, folks. The first bioweapon that comes on the scene in mass production is actually GMO foods. We have to understand what real bioweapons are. Geo bioweapons 1.0, GMO foods. And then they go on to say, in which individual donor and acceptor DNA sequences delivered in vitro or in vivo generate pre-mRNAs with a five prime and three prime splice signals, blah, 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 horse knot, respectively, and complementary hybridization domains throughout, through which the two pre-MRs interact. This is the word salad time, folks, right? Facilitating transplicing, blah, 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 blah. Let me get to you the, to the big sentence here. Why were they doing this? To demonstrate that segmental transplicing, we used Alpha cobra toxin, a neurotoxin that binds irreversibly to postsynaptic nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. How many times have you seen and heard Dr. Artis say that? It's probably his favorite <laughs> every, word. Every damn day. Every nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. <laughs> Cells or animals receiving both donor and acceptor plasmids. So there's two different types of plasmids. One is an, a donor, one is an acceptor. You need both. Cells are animals receiving both donor and acceptor plasmids, but neither plasmid alone yielded real-time PCR products with the correct sequence of mature alpha-cobra toxin mRNA, suggesting that trans-splicing had occurred. 
You have to have both. So what happens if they just put the one in you? What happens if they just put the um, the acceptor plasmid in and not the donor plasmid in? Now you're a ticking time, Bob, for whenever you come in contact with the one you don't have. And you get the plausible deniability of how did you get sick? What happened? Because Cobra toxin doesn't just kill you like that. This is where you start looking at the Pfizer documents and the Pfizer documents have over 12,000 pathologies. Plausible deniability. Nothing can do all that. Nothing. Oh. Well, it wasn't us. We couldn't possibly. This climate change. It couldn't possibly <laughs> be all that. Right? I guess and climate that, change made plasmids. Climate change is a bitch. Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> let me tell you. Now, look at this, folks. Mice receiving intravenous administration of both donor and acceptor plasmids, but not either plasmid alone died within six hours. Now, Dr. Artis, I almost called you Brian. We're homies, so I call him Brian sometimes. Dr. Artis, what is the conclusion you came to at the Red Pill Expo about that revelation in this paper? Yeah, this is what really bothered me. The speed at which once the full cobra venom had been transpliced inside the cells from these two plasmids, immediately I had an aha moment. I told the Red Pill Expo, raise your hands, everybody. 80 to 90% of everyone who died after getting the second mRNA shot, which were separated by two weeks only. What was the date, the days it took for people to die 80 to 90% of the time after getting the second shot? And it was within 48 hours of the second shot. And all of a sudden it created this possibility, reading this paper alone, that what if they injected one plasmid, in the first round, another set of plasmids in the second round, which would actually then transplice in the cells of the mammals being humans. And within a 48 hour period, you're dead. These mice are small. Humans are bigger. So they're injecting mice in this study, killing them within six hours. It's shocking to Peter McCullough and other cardiologists around the world speaking out on the vaccines that within 48 hours of a second experimental shot, people are dying and falling over dead. 80 to 90% of all that die. So on the other side of this break, for those of you who need to know and do want to know, I'm going to have Jana Schmidt and Nicola Burnett read a couple highlighted segments from an NIH paper that is on the website right now that will explain to you why this plasmids discussion, which no one else is talking about, but basically this group here, this is why this is so important. We're going to reference the NIH.gov's website right now after this break. And you're going to realize why this is so important for you and your loved ones to understand and why healingfortheages.com, lookingforhealingradio.com is so important for all of you and your loved ones at home. Amen. Amen. So, folks, remember, tune in every Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific for The Natural Medicine You Don't Want to Miss with Dr. Brian Artis, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and yours truly. Make sure if you have a question, you go to our show page and we and you type it in and we'll go ahead and give you some great answers, at least to the best of our ability. And every Friday, we're going to take some of your questions and we will take a couple a day. But we want to talk about this because this is the kind of stuff we have to start having adult conversations about. This is the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about in detail, not just the horror, but the hope when we talk about these topics, bioweapons at Healing for the Ages. So make sure you go to healingfortheages.com. Very, very, very important. And I don't want to sensationalize here, but yes, your life does depend on it. It's really that simple. I can't say it any other way. 
All right. You know, I'm not one of those dudes. I'm going to speak to you straight, but I got to tell you, yes, your life does depend on it. All right. So check us out. Healingfortheages.com. We'll be right back with more Looking for Healing Radio right after these messages. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. All right, healers, welcome back. Looking for Healing Radio is also sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student and learn how to do this with incredible grace and beauty and love and light and logic at the energetichealthinstitute.org. You want to know about nutrition? We got your holistic nutrition. You want to know about fasting? We got your fasting. You want to know about detoxification and cleansing? We got your detoxification and cleansing. You want to know about how to heal from genetic bioweapons? We got your, I know how to heal from genetic bioweapons and so much more. Join us at the energetichealthinstitute.org. So go to energetichealthinstitute.org and you will be very, very happy that you did. All right, folks. Um, that was a lot in that first segment, right? I know some of y'all are sitting on the edge of your seats like, I'm taking that in, <laughs> Dr. Brian. I'm taking that in and I'm just trying to digest it. Dr. J, what do you say? What do you, what do you feel in after that talk? And, and then we had a couple other things Brian shared with us. Let's see what we got. What do you got? Well, as crazy and out there as it sounds, it really, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like it's all really coming together with these bits and pieces that we have. And I wanted to read something from uh, NIH. It's from the National Human Genome Research Institute. Now, this is a fact sheet that they put out very forward, very, you know, to the point. They've got pictures. And under one of these, it says, um, are FDA approved mRNA vaccines safe and effective? On the last part of it, it says, mRNA vaccines do not contain the SARS-CoV-2 virus. They don't contain it at all. So you can't get covid from an mRNA vaccine. We've been talking about this. I mean, it's, it's right there. They tell us it's not in there. So what is it? It's these, these two plasmids that are coming together, right? The acceptor and the donor to create the problem. I, and, you know, when I think about this, the first thing I thought of when, I, when we were talking about it 
earlier today, I was thinking that you don't necessarily have to get them both injected in you. Uh, there, there's so many ways that these things can end up in our bodies. So if someone does take the first shot, I'm thinking there's so many other ways that second plasma could be activated in the body. I mean, water, air, food. Um, we really need to be armed with the knowledge on how to uh, to combat these. And that's what we're doing every day. Right. We're working towards that. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially with healing at Healing for the Ages, that's what we're going to be talking about, like the plasmid yes. curing compounds and the different mechanisms of actions and how awesome it is taking, like you've been recommending, olive oil, organic, of course, olive oil and avocado oil, taking a yes. teaspoon every day, right? Yep. Now you got some plasmid curing compounds going on, throw a little plumbago in there and <laughs> maybe you what got we call them, little plumbago. Stuff. Yeah. Then you're, yeah. you're on it. Yes. Yes. You know, you know. And it's, it's beautifully simple when you know what you're working with. So when you know what we have, the challenge that we have, God has created something that will create the healing so beautifully, so simple. I, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled when we see these plasmic curing compounds. I'm thrilled when we see the things that are going to help balance the body's pH, balance the gut health, and uh, de-weaponize the uh, bacteria. It's it's really not difficult once, you know, once we've done the, the hard research to find out what they are, then to have them in your body and your lifestyle, it's not, it's not that challenging. Right. It's, it's, it's really not, it's, it's actually reassuring. I've been trying to get across to people with this conversation is that, you know, number one, whatever has been done can be undone. Like you have to understand that. And the reason is that they're using our body and our microbiome, especially against us, which means that we can use it for us. Right. right. It's just about that. It's really the ultimate battle of good and evil within us. Like what are, what are we going to really feed? Are we going to feed the love and are we going to feed that the body can heal itself or what are we going to feed the fear and that, Oh my God, what's been done can't be undone. That's ridiculous. You know, nothing in life really suggests that Dr. J, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, I was actually just thinking back, rewinding and thinking back when Dr. Richard Bartlett sent Dr. Brian Artis, the text that said, would you take anti-venom if you're bit by a snake? I'm wondering like, why did he, did he have some insight to to this in a deeper level, or was he just being philosophical? Mm -hmm. Do you know, Dr. Brian? I actually, uh, I know why he told me he sent me that text, but I actually believe God inspired him to send me that text. In fact, I told Joni Lamb at Daystar that I believe that when her husband died, it was the day before December 1st. December 1st is when Richard Bartlett sent me the text. Marcus, Joni Lamb of Daystar were very, very close friends with Richard Bartlett for years, Dr. Bartlett. And I told her, I believe that Marcus Lamb passed and then spoke to Richard Bartlett to send me that text and that this information, his passing was going to influence the speed at which we could uncover the veil of evil and deceit of COVID-19. And the reason why I told Joni Lamb that is because she told me in person, in interview, in the TV station uh, interview room, on live, on camera, in between a commercial break, she said, Dr. Artis, I actually have no ill feelings towards God about my husband dying. From the moment he passed, I've had this impression that he is up there working with professionals around the world to help them now be inspired to know 
what is COVID-19 so that we can now stop the pandemic and the rollout of all the fear, anxiety, and confusion. And I looked at her and I went, what day did he die? And she told me, and I seriously took my phone and showed Joni Lamb the text from Richard Bartlett the very next day. And I had goosebumps all over my body. Del Bigtree sitting right to my left. He was there to help me do a telethon with Daystar. And uh, I showed it to her and she started shaking her hand. And she goes like this. No, it doesn't have anything to do with snake venom because the text was, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And she goes, no, he wasn't. He did get bit by a snake. And I said, it has nothing to do with that. You're going to find out here in the next couple of weeks why this text is so significant. And uh, it was an awesome moment for me. One thing I want to bring to light here, because we're going to have Nicola contribute to this conversation, this National Human Genome Research Institute. I didn't think you were going to introduce it that way, Jana, but I'm glad you did. I don't know if you all studied the history of this NIH Institute, but do you know what its founding name was that was later converted in the 80s to be? No. The National Eugenics Institute. Interesting. And I put a link into the chat for all of y'all to have fun with that and read the timelines and the events of the NIH and their eugenics program now termed the National Human Genome Research Institute, just so you're aware. (laughs) I went down this hole about a year ago, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it actually lays out the whole timeline of events over the last hundred years for this flipping institute. That's uh, not surprising. You know, hiding in plain sight, right? Always hiding in plain sight. Uh, just off the top of your head, Dr. Artis, when was the, um, was it the National Eugenics? What was it called the National Eugenics? It's either the National Eugenics Project or the National Eugenics Institute. It was one of the two. I put in the, the actual link real quick so you guys could look at it because on the NIH's website, they have the whole timeline. And then they even talk about how they went to carnivals and, and, and circuses and, oh, it's crazy. Only to seriously weigh, measure out, like in the Nazi camps in Germany during the Holocaust, how to determine which races were superior and which ones weren't. It's not a joke. They talk about it very openly right here on the website. And the NIH funded it all, all over the country. They're a little bit long wrong about the origins of eugenics, though. Um, oh, I'm sure they is, are. But just yeah. know the NIH and this institute that is now telling you how they're creating the COVID-19 vaccines with plasmids. They openly tell you about their history and involvement in the eugenics program in America. You see it? What Mm -hmm. did eugenics look like in the U.S.? And it goes Mm -hmm. through all of it. It's pretty wild. Well, and eugenics for uh, for folks is, you know, this crazy psychopathic belief that the few who are always rich and super wealthy and affluent get to decide what lesser beings are going to do and how they're going to procreate and how long they're going to live and things like this. Eugenics comes out the specific eugenics movement comes out of the end of slavery and it comes out of the end of slavery because of concern about race mixing and so what they want to do is keep white people white black people back because black people are inferior descendants of ham and white people are the chosen from from god right this is this is their false belief system and so what they what they end up doing is they start putting and enacting a lot of forced sterilization laws on the books. And these start in the late 1800s, 1880s. The last forced sterilization in the United States was actually performed in 1980 in Oregon, right? And this is where they were targeting predominantly Native American women and black women, and but a lot of white women as well, just people that were considered to be undesirable or useless eaters, you know, and things of that of that kind of nature. Well, um, the history of this actually dates back prior to this to the advent of slavery in the Americas. 
slavery's slavery is the original eugenics kind of thought process where there's a superior race and another and an inferior race. And that's where you get into phrenology and some of those pseudosciences and things like that, trying to measure the side of the size of the skull to talk about, you know, somebody's capacity for intelligence and that kind of ridiculous stuff. But of course, it's not without accident that Hitler jumps on this bandwagon and says, hey, let's import a couple of those guys. And they actually talk about this on the website. And there's a, a book here, uh, Newswolf or something like that. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Hitler imports the heads of the eugenics movement in the United States to educate him on how did you pull off this movement and, and twist everybody's brain so that they accepted this as something that needed to happen. And this starts to form his philosophies and form his, his political approach to how he's going to exterminate Jewish people. Now, here's the rub, everybody. You ready for this one? Guess what the name of the eugenics movement was called? in the late 1800s, early 1900s in the United States that led to Plessy versus Ferguson and all these other uh, things and separate and not separate, but Eagle, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Guess what the, the name of the movement was called? Anybody know? I don't. Mm -mm. It's called the progressive movement. Actually, I do remember it's referenced in here. Very good. Good memory. The, the progressive movement. And then guess where the progressive movement actually begins? The progressive movement actually begins with the intellectuals in France in the mid 1800s discussing ideas of the occult. Interesting. It's so interesting how everything starts making sense when you go and just do a little read through history and you see that people have been stupid and crazy for quite some time and justified their insanity with laws backed by a lot of money. It's always the same playbook. Right. So let's go over to Nicola with this. Thanks for bringing this, Brian. We'll include all these links, folks, that Brian has shared with us, Dr. Artis has shared with us. We'll include all of them in the show notes for you when it goes to podcasts. But uh, because we want you to read what we've read, we want you to prove us wrong. And if you can't, we want you to have that wonderful light bulb moment where you go, you know what? Holy crap. These people are right. Because then we can start having some honest conversations about what we're going to do about it which is more important to all of us. Nicola, what are you thinking about all this, this topics today and everything now that we've taken way too long to get you on the air here? <laughs> That's okay. I'm kind of sitting here as a student, just fascinated by Dr. Artis and just how his mind works and how he finds this stuff. And, you know, like he's talking about the downloads that he gets and how he's just so guided and steered. It's, it's quite fascinating to watch. Um, so I'm having a great time, even though I'm not speaking much. And I, I guess I, you know, it, it's just, as I'm listening to all this, it's just shocking how much life force energy so many people for hundreds of years have spent on just how do we damage each other? How do we harm each other? How do we get rid of this group? Or it's just kind of a wild concept. It's uh, very, very strange. Dr. Artis, you're pointing up. <laughs> oh, no, I want to keep listening to you. I'm just telling Ely to keep going up on the screen. Oh, oh, oh okay. Right I thought you were, right you were signaling me. Right and going back to, you know, I always share with my clients and when I learned about all this quite some time ago, you know, it's it's really just, it's the game of you can learn biochemistry and physiology and anatomy, you know, you can learn all this stuff just like anything else and you can take it to harm 
or you can take it to heal. And, you know, the one good thing that I would like to share is, you know, talking about exactly what you were talking about, Henry, is that this isn't, we can get out from underneath this, basically. Um, And that is, that is really very hopeful and very true. And that's not a pipe dream because, you know, at our center, we were really in the, in the crux of the middle of this with the live blood it was really interesting. Um, we did a little kind of informal study where we had people come in, the first people who were getting the the jab in the arm and just volunteering because we were curious and wanted to see what was going on. So we've, we've watched and been through this whole journey through, through live blood in many, many ways. And the one thing that I can say is that it, it's been really interesting watching how scary it got right in the very beginning with all this introduced and then all of the transmission or some people call it the shedding and you know the phone blowing up at the center with all this craziness with women's you know menstrual cycles and i mean just all this this whole journey but what we're seeing now which which is so fascinating to me i uh you know, I'm always looking over the blood reports and it's like constantly now, constantly over and over again, I pick up a blood report and it's like minimal, you know, minimal debris, um, no spike proteins seen. It's, 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 it's kind of shocking um, in a good way that it seems like our bodies are doing such a good job moving this stuff out in a way that I just didn't think we were going to see, you know, three years later. And that just brings me into the thought of a higher source and a higher power, Um, you know, and just going to that and how we're connected to that and, and how that really is superior. And as much as these crazy nut jobs think they're really brilliant and smart and all the money and time and investment, you know, to, just to all this creepy stuff that they're doing, I'm I'm kind of shocked at, in some respects, how well people are doing. I and mean, we were we were really prepared, and just arming ourselves. You know, they were talking about just people, normal people were going to have to come out, and there was going to be body bags on the street, and you know that it was just going to be this really gruesome thing. And I, I don't want to discount the fact that many people have lost their lives and and that whole piece of it. But I'm kind of sitting here just shocked at how many didn't. Um, and and looking at the blood again, just how again, we're connected to some higher some higher being and some higher source, some higher intelligence that in, I think in a lot of ways is really um, our saving grace and really helping us. And I always refer to the human body as the eighth wonder of the world. Um, so those are just some thoughts um, that come to mind listening to all this and uh, this whole conversation and kind of thinking about the whole journey. So we'll be right back with more Looking for Healing Radio right after these messages. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. 
The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. Aloha and welcome back healers and uh, please make sure you check out healingfortheages.com. Go there and at least sign up for the free Thursday, September 7th virtual masterclass. It's going to set the stage. We're going to give you some paradigms on some of these historical timelines and also kind of some mapping that we're putting together to show you the interconnectivity of a lot of these different next level bioweapons that have come out, especially we're going to integrate with Dr. Brian artist just found with the STS platform that we got to put that in there somewhere. Cause it's pretty obvious. You know, we always were asking, well, why do you need two shots? Right. How many of you have ever needed two shots within 14 days? Right. Well, acceptors and donors as plasmids makes a lot of sense now, doesn't it? Yep. Right. Right. Walks like a Nazi talks like a Nazi. It's a Nazi reads okay. like a Nazi. <laughs> smells like a Nazi, farts like a Nazi. <laughs> okay. So I made the mistake of going down a rabbit hole this past weekend. Yeah. It's funny how we can say the word fart and it kind of lightens everything up, right? That's yep. true story. I actually walked <laughs> off the stage one time after doing, delivering this drop dead, fantastic presentation. And I walked off the stage and I farted and it was audible to the audience. And I just fell out laughing. I was like, yeah, that's about me. That's how you walk <laughs> off a stage, Dr. H right there. Great presentation uh, on the uh, at the end. Great. It's a little bit different than dropping the mic. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was dropping the bomb <laughs> right there. <laughs> but true story, it actually happened. It happened. So um, I'm going down this rabbit hole, everybody. And uh, one of my questions was, you know, why don't we have? What's the history of the 12 month calendar? Why don't we have 13 months? Because you know, lunar cycles basically 28 days. You know, you can get really specific, and people argue 27.53, 29.53. Well, look, 28. All right, it's basically 28 days. So we have 13 of those in a calendar year, which would give us one extra day a year and then a leap year where we'd have two extra days, you know, kind of stay on time, right? This is the hard thing. How do you stay on time for uh, for planting? That's what it was really about. How do you have your planting calendar really set up to make sure you can feed people? Well, um, why don't we have 13? So I, I asked the first question, everybody, and I was like, well, when did the number 13 become unlucky? It turns out the number 13 becomes unlucky in the 17th century. So I'm thinking, well, you know, dark ages, you know, what's going on in the 13th century and everything. Well, it just so happens that in the 13th century, there's a supernova very close to us, relatively speaking. 
And that supernova is called the Kepler supernova in 1604. The Kepler supernova takes place in a constellation known as Ophiuchus. And guess what Ophiuchus is? Ophiuchus is the 13th zodiac sign. And so you start going, huh, that's kind of interesting that in 1604, there's a supernova, supernova that turns into a confirmed black hole, which some of us think is some interdimensional stuff. Who knows, right? I'm just, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And that there's this constellation I've never heard of called Ophiuchus. Well, what's Ophiuchus? So you have to go into the Greek mythology on Ophiuchus. And when you go into the Greek mythology, and we'll put this link in here so you can read it, um, one, one of the links that we found on it. I'll do a whole show on this, folks. But when you go into Ophiuchus, uh, because I, it's a little bit more dense, I was actually researching Baphomet and why there's this ugly-looking, stupid-ass thing you know, that everybody is celebrating, right? Because I, I just, I'm done with Lucifer, all right? I, mean, I never was in with Lucifer, but I'm going to tell you I'm done, and I'm definitely done. I'm going to be talking nonstop mess to Lucifer moving forward, okay, folks? So just get used to it, all right? I'm, I renounce all that nonsense. Amen. Amen, right? So Afiuchus, um is pictured, depicted as a human being. Handling a snake is how they refer to it but he's not handling a snake. And when you go through all of the depictions of Ophiuchus, Ophiuchus is choking a snake, choking a snake by its throat. And when you look at the snake, the eyes are always closed, meaning that the snake has been killed. So what Dr. Artis is bringing forward for everybody is, hey, venoms, hey, snakes. What I've been going through in my research historically is looking at the history of snake worshipers. And you've heard me talk about the cult of Asclepius and how they're snake worshipers. What you don't know is that the cult of Asclepius appears to have morphed into a Gnostic Christian group called the Ophites. Now, Dr. Artis, you had told me there was an interesting company that has a very interesting name. And what was that company and what was that name? The company is named Ophirex, O-P-H-I-R-E-X.com. And what do they do? Oh, they only do one thing. They make an oral anti-venom pill to snake bites funded by the Department of Defense of the United States, the Welcome Trust Fund that funds the World Economic Forum, and the United Nations funds it. And this is the same Welcome Trust that does a lot of work with the World Economic Forum and with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and has been very active in their promotion of gene drive technology, something you're going to be hearing a lot about from us moving forward, gene drive technology and CRISPR. We're going to talk about it a lot at the conference, at the Healing for the Ages conference. But back onto this 13th Zodiac. So you have an image of Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus is not a snake handler, it's a snake killer. And he is deemed the great healer. And what this is talking about when I look at that symbology is that man has the ability to subdue the serpent. And why would you not want that imagery being talked about openly among the useless eaters? because it's empowering. It lets people know the natural order of things here. So where it takes us back to ultimately is the first story of Ophiuchus actually traces back to Babylonia. To Babylon, y'all. 
And the first story of Ophiuchus is that Ophiuchus isn't necessarily dealing with a snake. He's dealing with a snake-like human. And that's where it starts getting a little crazy. Because the first known astrologers on this planet are the Babylonians. The Babylonians predate the Egyptians by about 500 years. And then the Egyptians take on a lot of the Babylonian knowledge of astrology. And it's the Egyptians that ultimately evict the 13th zodiac and remove the calendar for the regular people, the slaves, down to 12 zodiac signs. And they refer to the sun as the snake or the new serpent, the new birth, right? This is how they refer to their new years. The 13th symbol is reserved for the priests, and the regular people don't even know its existence. So that's kind of curious to me. Why would you want to keep that away? Because it's a very important symbol for us, and especially in this day and time. What is Dr. Artis bringing to us? At great challenge, I have to admit, at great challenge, the revelation that there are evil, whatever they are, using snake venoms and have gotten so good at it that they can take two plasmids, each with a part of the secret sauce, the secret genetic sauce, and when they're both introduced into a mammalian cell that can cause that mammalian cell to produce the intended, in this case, cobra toxin, and cause for system failure, death, within six hours. Well, I think it's kind of poignant when you understand that the World Health Organization's symbology is the stick in the snake, where the stick in the snake, cult of Asclepius, is all over the entire world. And the hidden zodiac, the 13th, is Aphiuchus. The snake choker is how I will refer to Aphiuchus. And I'm going to tell you all, folks, Dr. Brian Artis has a lot of Aphiuchus in him. Because Aphiuchus is referred to pretty much throughout different cultures as the great healer as well. He just chose not to use snake venoms. He chose to subdue the serpent instead of celebrate and worship the serpent. And that's the great difference right there. So I have a lot more to say about this and the ties to these crazy Luciferians and and I mean, the, the folks, the, the rabbit hole was ridiculous that I went down, but I'm satisfied now with the understanding of history and the tracing of all of this. I think we've gotten all the way back to Mesopotamia and maybe even the story of the Garden of Eden right now, and that it was a warning to us, not about serpents, but about beings that maybe had to flee where they're from because their star was going supernova and needed to be here doesn't sound so crazy to me anymore. Now, does it mean it's true? Does it mean I'm accurate? No, you have to form your own opinions. And I don't care what you think about that. I'm just here to share my research. But my research suggests that the lie is deep and profound and has been traveling through multiple civilizations throughout the dawn of civilization on this planet. 
And that makes me very concerned of why anything of this magnitude, Ophiuchus, would be withheld from people. And why would you do that, right? So that's what I got for the pre-appetizer on the story of Ophiuchus. There's a lot more to it in the connection to Baphomet and everything. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, on a full show on it. But let's go around the horn before we get out of here. We got a couple minutes. What are you all thinking right now? Because we've had a show. Right, this has been a show. <laughs> what are you all thinking right now? Let's go to Nicola. You, you, you've had, uh, you've had a couple of thoughts I've seen cross your mind. What are you thinking? Well, you know, honestly, I'm. I, I thank you for introducing all this to me. I, I never heard this. This is. I'm hearing this for the first time, and I noticed that the article you have up that we're looking at was, I think it was dated in 2020. So. Um, yeah, I, I, this is so interesting and it fits into everything else, right? They, you know, what's up is down and what's down is up and, you know, they remove everything that's real and true and then, you know, turn it upside down on its head and then present that back out to the, to the public. So this is just more of that. <laughs> so. It really is. I'll be interesting to watch your show. Let me know when you do your show on just this topic, because this is really interesting. And, you know, I've been going to astrologists for a long, long time. I astrologists are very always been very helpful to me. And I'm always consulting with my astrologist. And I've, you know, it's like, wow, I want to run back and ask them if they have ever heard of this or they even know. Okay, November to December. Interesting. Afiukas is November 29th through December 17th. Dr. Artis, when is your birthday? Does it fit in there? <laughs> Actually, I'm a Scorpio right before it, November 15th. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. And they, there's actually ties in this to Vedic astrology as well. And you see a global agreement on 12 zodiac signs instead of what should be 13. 13 is actually a very lucky number. A very lucky number, a very powerful number, because it is a number that shows what the great healer can do. The great healer can subdue venoms and subdue those who push venoms forward. I was thinking when you said the great healer, I was thinking um, the 12 disciples and Jesus. Jesus. You got it. Great healer. So when you said that, that's where my mind went to. He was number 13 there. And And what did he come into the world to do? To save us from what original sin and who introduced that yeah the, the, reptiles. Serpent. the, serpent. the serpent did yeah yes yeah, so this, this is this is god coming in and saying yes let me let me speak on that for real quick because i know we have some people who are like jesus didn't exist that's nonsense all right here's how i know guess who openly talks about jesus's existence as matter of fact luciferians and satanists the occultists. Not one of them denies Jesus's existence. Not one. That should tell you all you need to know. Jesus is the original rebel sent by God because God said, this great heaven that I have created for my children has been corrupted by the serpent. And I need someone, a being of light, to come and set everything straight and show what is possible without violating the free will that I've given my children. That's my belief on this. Doesn't mean I'm right. 
but that's my belief on this. This searching everyone through the the um the 13th zodiac actually was my final piece of yes, Jesus existed and I have absolutely zero doubt and in my heart and in my mind about it any longer. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm I'm looking again at this article and I'm thinking uh-oh, I'm not a Leo. <laughs> 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 I'm a cancer. <laughs> maybe. And maybe that starts making some sense when we actually look at things the right way. Right. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. not a Pi. I've always been told I'm Aquarius Pisces. No, I'm not. I'm an Aquarian. And that makes so much more sense. That's based on the calendar we use today, but things have changed. So things have, here's, the, here's the updated calendar with all 13 signs in it. Changes the dates of birthdays and, and all changes so much of what we think we know. What we think we know is predicated on a lie, so therefore we do not know it. And that's the reality that we have to come to. We have to unlearn so much. Well, folks, that's all the time we got. We're actually over time, but you know, we're hanging out. You, I mean, we're so grateful that you're hanging out with us on this. Uh, we're going to put all these things in there for your consideration. Remember, what we think doesn't really matter. It's what you think that matters the most, right? We already know where we're landing on things. And I'm not here to be like, hey, I'm right and you better believe me. No, I believe in freedom. So you get to decide for yourself. Just know where I'm at on this whole thing, where all of my healing homies are at. Something's wrong and we got to figure out the depth of that wrong before we can really correct it. All right. We really want to create the utopia, the heaven that we can create, you know, on this earth and in this life. It's in our hands to do. So I'm going to leave it there. You know our regular sign-off. Uh, we'll come back to that another day. But we just want to say to everybody, straight up, we love you. Right? This is why we do all of this. It's not for fame. It's not for fortune. It's not for the things that stay here. It's for the feelings that we can all create within each other, the hope, the love, that there's something greater beyond us that loves us as well and is always rooting for us and always doing everything it can to help us without violating this gift of free will that we've been given. It's up to us to decide what we want to do with that free will, and we hope that you'll join us in making sure the free will that you have is about love and about making this world a better place. All right? To do that, we're going to have to fight some of these bastards, and we will, but we'll fight them our way. And on top of all of that, God loves you and is working through us and a whole bunch of other people to help make sense of the deceit and evil in the world around you. Until then, for on behalf of all of my healing homies, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and Dr. Brian Artis, we say to you aloha and adios. <laughs>